Hey everyone, it's Karen here. Welcome back to Service and Practice. And today we have guest Ava Brahim, who I know from St. Mark's, where he grew up, similar to me. Although he's moved around, he's back in Jersey City. And also I met him through events with Agora University, where he is the Director of Public Relations. Hey Ava, how are you? Hi Karen, thanks so much for having me. I, I'm back in Jersey City for uh, you know, a short period, um, but I come back from time to time. My, my family's still here. And once uh, St. Mark's uh, Jersey City uh, member, always won. Yeah. And uh, congratulations on your upcoming wedding. I hope that it all goes well. Thank you so much. Planning a wedding during all of uh, what's going on right now is kind of, uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But thank yeah. God. Thank God. Yep. And also congratulations on recently publishing your article um, for Agora. Tell us a little yeah. bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, I shared it with you earlier. It's uh, it's called too many windows, not enough mirrors. Uh, it, it really does focus on looking at each other and ourselves through the windows of social media and how that's been amplified because of COVID and why it's crucial for us to step away from these windows and look at a mirror from now and then for self-healing or, or actually, you know, self-awareness so that we could request healing and, and really be in touch with God's grace and mercy in our lives. Unfortunately, what tends to happen is we're so consumed by what's happening on the outside that we neglect that there's there's chaos sometimes on the inside that requires uh, as much attention, if not more. And so uh, that's where the mirror and the windows analogy uh, comes in. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I think the title itself was really intriguing. And um, no, I do appreciate that you, you shared it with me and, and I read it um, when it was first released. And for those of you who haven't read it, I linked it in the show notes. So definitely check it out. I think the, the points that you make about the need for self-reflection, looking inward, bring us to our topic today about hidden service where, you know, it, it is important to have that self-reflection. Why is this concept of unseen service so important? I, I think of Matthew 6. There is a verse that comes to mind. Um, it's the beware of practicing your piety before men in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. That verse is um, something that I, uh, that I use on a regular basis to kind of check myself. It, the idea of hidden service, hidden ministry, uh, and the temptation for public ministry and public praise is such a real one. I was taking a walk earlier today uh, in between you know, breaks from work, and I was just thinking, I was like, there is a reason why whenever a pope was chosen, or any monk was ordained for a public office. They used to weep. And I thought, we were like, why would they weep? And I realized it really comes with the perspective of hidden versus public and how much uh, of a potential distraction or how vulnerable you will be in, in, in public ministry in terms of uh, spiritual warfare, in terms of just even social warfare. And how tempted you'd be to start worshiping and serving, uh, not God, but either yourself or others. 
And so it's a, it's an important topic and it's definitely a topic that I, I personally struggle with. And especially in my role with Agora University as a, a director of public relations, like how do we define success in our ministry and our, our service? Is it based on numbers? Is it based on how much public recognition we get? Or is there a separate and more real criteria that God provides to us through, you know, scripture and the lives of the saints? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, nowadays, as you mentioned in too many windows and not enough mirrors, you know, we, we tend to look for that external recognition and in service, we don't want to be consumed with the idea of like, how many people that I touch, you know, similar to how on social media will care about how many likes or how many views. So it's definitely important to, to check our motivation really for why we serve. And I think it's important to do this, whether you're doing a service, you know, that, that's more hidden, like serving the homeless or very public, like Sunday school. And as our title suggests also, we have to remember that there are services outside of Sunday school. Sunday school is really important and essential for the future of the church. And we definitely emphasize that with servants prep, when you, when you complete the program and you're ready to start serving, a lot of times people want to sign up for a Sunday school class or they're pushed into to that, you know, maybe without even kind of realizing you're now in the midst of this. And I can definitely attest to this need of always having new servants. As Christ says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. And uh, has this also been your experience, Dave? I owe so much of my growth to the, the hard work of the many uh, Sunday school teachers that touch my life. I can name them easily because of the impact they've made. Um, and Sunday school teachers are, are more than just that, especially in, at St. Mark's. Uh, there were lifelines for me growing up. Um, they were my guide to navigating cultural differences from a young, chubby immigrant boy um, trying to make his way around Jersey City and, and the nuance of culture and identity that that presents. And so I can't imagine really a, a church and a future of a church without dedicated and invested Sunday school teachers uh, like the ones that have impacted my life, uh, honestly. And, and, and I say this wholeheartedly and I, I tell them that I become so sappy whenever I see them because it really is incredible to look back at the investment and sometimes even hidden investments that each one of them has made. And again, in, in Sunday school, being a Sunday school servant isn't necessarily like a public goal. Often it's not a praiseworthy uh, ministry. You're dealing with a bunch of little kids running around causing chaos in your classroom. And I, I don't think you get any words of uh, recognition uh, from them or from their parents. Maybe sometimes their parents, if the parents are kind enough. And so I, I don't want us to harp on, um, uh, you know, being a, a Sunday school teacher uh, as a ministry that does get a lot of recognition. However, there are other ministries out there that are even more hidden. That's the topic for today in terms of finding those low-hanging fruits that would steer us away from being distracted, right? And really uh, find us within those parameters that uh, Christ mentioned and, and suggested for us. There are so many ministries out there that are done 
in complete secret. And unfortunately, those ministries, they're, they're not as sought. And there are so many reasons as to why they're not sought. I think uh, before we go into the reasons why they may not be sought after, as you were saying, um, you know, we need to first understand what are some examples of those hidden or lesser known ministries. Yeah, I think the newcomer ministry is one of those uh, ministries that are, you know, it, let's just say it's not the service or the ministry that people think of when they go to servants prep, right? They, um, they, they're, they're not thinking uh, about serving those that are coming in straight from Egypt that are in need of so much physical help, uh, as well as um, spiritual guidance, as well as just being embraced from a social aspect and feeling at home. It's incredible and it's mind-boggling. You know, growing up, there were two ministries that, are, that were very popular. One was there for years, right, being a Sunday school teacher. And the other one that was gaining a lot of popularity is the idea of going abroad to serve um, and do mission work. And so you had people going to Kenya, Bolivia, and it, that was great. But then I, I, I think about that. I think, okay, so we go to Bolivia and we go to Kenya and we're meeting people from outside cultures. And so there are cultural barriers there. And so there's discomfort there. But we're okay with that. Why is it that we struggle with engaging newcomers from Egypt coming in and uh, giving them that same level of devotion and dedication? And I'm saying this, I'm speaking... I'm speaking from the perspective of my generation and younger, because certainly the generations that are older than me, they, they do this and they're incredible because uh, I think they've learned the formula of ministry. They know that, you know, ministry is about discomfort and ministry is about really doing what's in front of you. And so, and, and they know well enough to also fear uh, having an audience or having a platform that would serve any element of, of uh, pride or self-grandeur. And so I, I, I think about that. Yeah, you're, you're right that it's so important for that service to exist. Sometimes members of the youth will shy away from it. Um, and, you know, we, we have to push ourselves to go out of our comfort zone. As the title suggests, you know, cleaning toilets, that's equally uncomfortable and doesn't get recognition. and you know, as we've talked about some of these services and, you know, also why people might shy away from them, we have to also remember there are benefits. And, you know, again, no one's doing this self-seeking, but what does come along as a benefit or as a blessing when you are participating and serving in hidden services? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you have to think about what is the purpose of ministry? Why do we serve each other? You know, we definitely believe in a God who provides, but we also believe in a God who allows for us to share in his work here for edification. And so, you know, when we serve, we, we serve God, right? We serve others. Uh, we serve God through serving others, right? He's made that very clear in terms of uh, whatever you do unto the uh, least of these, you do unto me. And we serve ourselves by uh, humility. I, I think of just a, a example of Christ. When was it that we thought his ministry was successful? Was it when 
he was surrounded by uh, 5,000 people? Or was his ministry successful when three of his closest followers couldn't stay up at night with him during his most uh, turbulent period of his life? And so, like, is it about numbers? Is, is that an aspect of success in ministry? Or is it about consistency and about giving of oneself? And so when we're asked to give up our coat and give it to a person that doesn't have the coat, we're doing something from ourselves, right? Like we're, we're constantly emptying ourselves. You know, the fathers talk about kenosis, which is like emptying of oneself. Um, and so if you're really serving for the sake of praise, there isn't much room to be filled in with like the humility of Christ. You're already being filled with so much praise. There's no benefit in that. And I think that's what really, that's what Christ talked about. He said, what benefit is it of you for, you know, if you have reward on earth, you're not going to get that heavenly, that, that idea, that change in nature uh, or change of heart that we really need and we should use as, as the goal for any ministry that we partake of. Thank you for that reminder of, of what our ultimate goal is, because that should really be the motivation behind our service. Remembering the why is so critical. And if we lose sight of that, then we can get demotivated in service or even the other extreme of, you know, being, again, so self-seeking and, and looking for rewards. And then you're just doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Imagine if Christ didn't know the why, right? Like if Christ wasn't, can you imagine mm-hmm. how dismayed he would have been? Or you think, you think of St. Paul. St. Paul like died in a prison cell with no one around him. You know, letters he talks about in his later epistles, how, you know, he wished to have heard from some of the churches. Maybe they didn't write back. Maybe the letters weren't coming through because of his imprisonment. Um, but a lot of these apostles died alone and died without a lot of praise or um, you know, notoriety from an earthly perspective. And so if they didn't know the why, and if they didn't find that their ministry was successful by other standards, I, I think they would have quit. I think they would have collapsed under the notion of you know, serving themselves uh, you know, from emptiness. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the apostles are, aside from Christ, you know, they are the perfect example of, of service and of kenosis, as you said, and, and of being rejected, being humiliated, being persecuted, being laughed at or mocked, and at the same time, still never losing hope, ne- never shaken. So thank you for that. And thank you today for your, your insight and all that you've shared about hidden service, what hidden service looks like and why we should really push ourselves towards that. As we wrap up this episode, we're going to head into our rapid fire questions. So first off, tell us a moving or a funny story that's happened in your experience as a servant. You know, I I could talk about the ministry of others and this is something that's, that's moved me um, tremendously. I I know of uh, a group of women in uh, East Brunswick area, and they are they're pretty comfortable, like financially. They're, um, I would say, like they're upper middle uh, class. But like the title suggests, they meet, uh, I believe, either once a week or every other week, 
and they'll go to uh, one of the church buildings um, that they are uh, congregants of, and they'll go and they'll clean the toilets. I was just amazed by that because no one asked them to do this. Uh, in fact, I believe the church that they belong to was in the process of uh, hiring somebody to take care of this, but the, they thought, hey, this is a good opportunity for one, for us to serve, and two, for us to redirect those funds that would have been dedicated to a janitor or something, to a, a ministry that could directly impact the community in a, in a different way. And so that's always been moving. And I, I look at these people and I, I just think, wow, in terms of uh, the scale of, of impact um, that their ministry is doing on themselves, um, it completely outweighs uh, any time I'd probably like give a talk somewhere or something along those lines because their ministry is really, really free of the temptation of pride or at least freer um, from the temptation of pride than just directly engaging with people. Uh, they don't receive compliments as they're uh, cleaning the toilet. Uh, they don't hear about how uh, uh, pious they are and how well-versed they are theologically or um, how spiritual they are for scrubbing away at, you know, at the remains of people. And so that's a moving story, and I hope it inspires me and I hope it inspires everybody to look for the hidden ministry. You know, service should be a platform to have a personal relationship with God first and foremost. Thank you for sharing that moving story or, you know, what those women were doing. God bless them. What they were doing makes me wonder, like, you know, would I do the same? And I think everyone should think, you know, would I do the same as well? You know, maybe it's not cleaning toilets, but it's, you know, again, doing something that's not getting recognition, not getting a thank you, but still impactful and maybe not in the way we measure an impact or measure success. So, you know, that, that story is really perfect for this episode. Um, now our next question is, can you recommend a book about service to the listeners? I, I think of the uh, recent book, um, the name escapes me, but it's on the life of uh, Pope Corollas. Um, I, I think of the autobiography of, uh, of Mother Teresa. There are just so many, more than happy to actually like share them with you and, and link them directly to the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually like the book about a uh, Pope Carlos, a silent patriarch, by the way. There you um, go, a silent patriarch. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Um, I think that the the saints, um, you know, there's there's so much to learn from them, and you know, it's blessing that their lives have been recorded in books, and you know, we we can kind of learn and, and be students of that. What's incredible about the silent patriarch is his idea of ministry was just incredible. It was filled with consistency and dedication. Um, like he wasn't seeking incredible change, right, on the, on the scope of his office, right? You would think that if you are taking over the See of St. Mark's, you're thinking of, okay, this is what I need to do. This is the level of impact that I want to have. Um, and this is my criteria of success. Pope Corollis's idea of success was just this consistency of, of praying every single day and it was through his personal dedication 
that all around him were safe. Yeah, for sure. And now, next up for rapid fire, we have what's your favorite quote or verse about service? Saint Seraphim of uh, Sarov uh, once said, "He's I know he's an Eastern saint, but he said, uh, seek inner peace and all around you will be saved. And I love that quote because, and I wrote about that in the piece uh, that we were referring to earlier on uh, too many windows, not enough mirrors. It's this idea of if we focus on gaining the spirit of peace and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit um, really being our uh, motivating guide and our heart, that's 80% of the job like uh, as a servant. Like if you, if you have a dedicated spiritual life, a prayer life, every single day that's consistent, honestly, it, I, I think there's, it's very, very hard for you to mess up um, whatever ministry you're in at that point. And then it's, it sounds simple, but that's the toughest formula, right? It requires that level of uh, commitment that we all struggle with. I, I know I myself struggle with on a regular basis. That's the thing, right? The, the simplest, the things that are seemingly simplest are often the most challenging. And lastly, um, for today, if you could give one bit of advice to the listeners, what would that be? Um, to start small, um, you know, in terms of your ministry, think of consistency, think of the why as you've captured Karen. Um, there's a beautiful Catholic saint named St. Therese de Lisieux. Um, she was a small saint and she was, uh, she once said, she said, I can't be, uh, like those incredible saints out there where I do amazing deeds all i can do is just small things do small things with great love and and that's that's beautiful and i i think i've been trying to do that and i i think the great love is that that's the crucible right like that's i i don't know if we could possibly uh reach that without constantly thinking about it well thank you for that advice very touching and very, very important to remember, especially today where, you know, there, there's so much going on in the world and just the spirit of love will really make a difference, you know, whether we're directly doing service or just, you know, as part of the world interacting with others. So thank you so much for your thoughts today about hidden service. And, you know, while all of us might not necessarily be running to clean the nearest toilet after this. <laughs> There's still a lot to be learned about doing service in secret and then to be later rewarded by our father in heaven, as Christ says. One thing not to keep sacred, however, is this podcast. So please share the episode <laughs> with anyone who you think may benefit and also share the Facebook and Instagram pages that service and practice has. And as always, please feel free to reach out with any questions or feedback. Thank you.